This episode is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com forward slash afblues. You're listening to the Action Figure Blues podcast, episode number 312, for the week of Wednesday the 21st of February 2018. I'm Eddie. This episode is brought to you by Audible, Gamefly and ActionFigureBlues.com. Tonight, our Toys of the Week are the San Diego Comic-Con Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Collector Case, and our discussion topic is That Random Toy Box. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome, guys, again, and girls, uh, to another episode of Action Figure Blues. Now, in case you couldn't guess from my intro, unfortunately, it is another episode where I am playing it solo. So I am going to try and mix it up a little bit today. I do have a very exciting toy of the week, and I'm going to try something a little bit different uh, with our discussion topic. It's something I have been thinking about doing uh, for a while now, and you know what? A solo show is a really um, going to be the best opportunity to do it, so I'm going to uh, put my foot forward and try something new. So uh, I do apologize once again for not being a roundtable discussion. Unfortunately, family issues, sickness, and well, in the case of me, just seeing Black Panther a lot uh, has left us a little bit short-staffed here at the AF Blues office. But uh, how about uh, we jump in and get things started with the toy of the week? Because I do have the habit of rambling, so there's no need to fill up the welcome section too much. So my toy of the week this week is the NECA Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles San Diego Comic-Con Collector Case. Uh, so you might have noticed I didn't say Playmates when talking about the Ninja Turtles. Uh, that is because NECA have somehow through some backroom dealings been able to get a hold of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles license and make figures. Now, uh, obviously there has been some level of restrictions because while they make the larger one-fourth scale figures, particularly those beautiful ones based on the Jim Henson movies, their sort of six to eight inch height figures have been restricted to exclusives and conventions. And that's something they have been very clear about at least for the moment that's where they are going to remain now at toy fair recently they did announce uh, sort of a large street scene diorama uh, that i believe isn't going to be officially titled as turtles now i could be wrong there maybe there is a loophole in the license that they can do dioramas uh, but that's going to be released generally but you won't be able to 
uh, by the figures unless they're through some sort of exclusive. But uh, being an exclusive, I was worried I wasn't going to be able to get my hands on this set, as I'm sure a lot of collectors were. But quite luckily here, uh, one of our super pop culture stores, which is, actually goes by the name Pop Culture, managed to get the exclusive license to sell them. Now, it wasn't a cheap acquisition. Uh, here, it cost around $300 Australian, if my memory uh, is serving me correctly. But uh, for that price, that is still extremely cheap when you consider uh, it is a large collector case. And even if I was able to find it from a second-hand seller in the States, I would be paying... Uh, quite a bit in shipping to get it over here. So being able to acquire it through them meant that because it was over $100, I didn't pay any shipping. Uh, so I was really just paying for the cost of the packaging and $300 was definitely towards the lower end of what it was going for. So uh, definitely happy uh, to put my money down there. So for those that don't know, the case itself is very much like the old figure cases we used to get with our 80s Ninja Turtles. So much, in fact, that <laughs> to actually start with the inside of the case, it's actually sort of this... Uh, it's not pleather, but it's that sort of plastic plastic leather material, which I think might even be where the term pleather comes from. But this is more plastic than leather, so elastic? I, I'm not too sure what you call it, but if you had one of these sort of materialed cases in the 80s, you know exactly the type of thing uh, that I am talking about. Now, it does have the little hatch pieces on the side, so you can lock it up like one of those old collector cases. Now, unfortunately, mine had some loose screws on the top hatch, so while I can still seal it over, it doesn't seal up tight on mine. And the bottom part of the latch that connects with the bottom part of the case uh, does frequently come off, which it has done here. So if you can hear me clicking around, that's just me trying to fix it up there. We go. Uh, now, the artwork on the box is made to be remisit. Now I'm really going to struggle. See, this is the problem with doing a solo show. Uh, it's reminiscent. There we are. I got it. I got there. Uh, of the 80s Ninja Turtles cartoon, but it's not exact. So uh, once again, talking about licenses and that, I don't know if maybe there was a license issue with using uh, the exact character models. Maybe it was just the artist's choice to go a little more stylistic. Uh, but uh, there, there is hints of it there, but it isn't perfect. It is kind of its own design. I haven't really seen these character designs uh, before for the Turtles. There's just sort of a lot more cross-hatching uh, going on in the lines than you would have had in the 80s and a little bit more uh, shading coming through there. It's not bad art by any means. Uh, and it does have that simplistic flair, but it, to be honest, looking at it, it doesn't necessarily remind me hugely of the 80s art we'd see with the Turtles. Where I actually get it more is the background. Uh, they seem to be on some sort of Californian street with palm trees and... 
<laughs> sort of looks like they're more down Venice Beach, which isn't really Turtles, but it does bring out a lot of that sort of styling and artwork that you would see uh, in uh, in sort of the 80s and 90s. Uh, and coming around to the back, you have Shredder, Krang, and an army of foot soldiers. So you can sort of fold it out a little, get a little bit of a diorama coming, but not hugely because the backs of the box uh, is fairly sealed and shut. It is sort of a shame you can't sort of open that to be one big diorama display. And now that I'm actually really looking at this art here on the back for the first time, I think that is... A convention center behind them so there's a very big chance uh, that the reason why there's palm trees and they're by the beach is that they're actually at the San Diego Comic-Con uh, which makes sense for a San Diego Comic-Con case uh, and what I always love and I know our resident leader Scotty is a big fan at the bottom of the case we get figure credits so big shout outs to director Randy Fork Sculptor Trevor Zammett, Fabrication by Trevor Zammett and Anthony Machino, Paint by John Wardell and Jeffrey Trapp, Prototypes by Truecast Studios, Photography by Stephen Mazurek, Illustrations by Ken Micheroni, and Colorist and Package Design by Chris Ramio. Uh, so top work there, guys, and then you get your classic uh 2017 Viacom International, all rights reserved. Uh, Nickelodeon, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, all rights reserved by uh, Viacom International. I wonder if they're connected to Nickelodeon, because it definitely has the Nickelodeon pieces on the box. Uh, now, Viacom, I believe, did the 80s Turtles, so that's where that might be referencing. But we have the action figures on the inside. Uh, now, these figures, we have actually seen their sculpts before. They are the sculpts that were done for the arcade turtles. Now, I did cover the turtles uh, themselves in their arcade form earlier on in the year. It was uh, sort of around May, June. So uh, I won't go into too much detail in their sculpts, but if you did hear that episode you know that I definitely did love them. Uh, I was a very huge fan. It was probably one of my most glowing reviews of the year. But then in our end of year special, this box was my item of the week. So I'm not going to be too coy uh, in saying that I love this set. Because you know when it comes to my dolly ratings at the end, I'm going to love this set already but uh, the sculpts on the turtles are fantastic they are really spot on that 80s cartoon design now we have seen this design attempted a couple of times uh, and fairly successfully I'm gonna say uh, we did have the Playmates classics line which was the first real attempt and I really loved that line at the time uh, then we have had the figure arts uh, figures quite uh, more recently uh, where they sort of stepped up the articulation, posability 
and accessories. Uh, even had some interesting features like the die cast legs to sort of add uh, on their weight and stance. Now, they were a very good step forward and definitely put those Playmates ones in their place. Uh, but now these guys have come out and I think they sort of put <laughs> the figure arts uh, in their place. So a huge plus on the sculpts. Now, they aren't as poseable as the figure arts, but their sculpts at least to me, do come across a lot more 80s in their design. Uh, there was something almost too tunish about the figure arts ones. Uh, now, you do still get a lot of posability with these turtles that I did talk about earlier, but the ones I haven't talked about are the foot. Now, the foot we have seen before for the most part in the... Uh, arcade four pack villain box set which I am yet to actually pick up and acquire myself but uh, we do have very similar posability with these guys so they have ball jointed heads ball jointed shoulders swivels just below the shoulder double jointed elbows cuts and swivels in the wrist uh, kind of ball jointed hips double jointed knees a cut and swivel uh, with kind of like Vorna ankles, uh, but not quite uh, on the ankles there. And we have uh, toe joints there as well, which the turtles do not have. Uh, now, the big difference uh, when it comes to the foot is their fourth figure, uh, which is Krang. Now, Krang, uh, it's actually slightly... Uh, forgivable if you didn't notice was in the arcade set but uh, he kind of wasn't uh, it was more of an accessory than a figure so he came with his little Uton uh, stand that you could put him on but he was a pack in more than a figure where as here they give him his uh, little 80s walking suit which to be honest, from memory, my 80s cartoon knowledge isn't that good. I loved it as a kid. I grew up watching. I remember the one with the mutated cows constantly running. That was the only episode I hated because it just always seemed to be on Australian TV. But I was so young when it was out and it was really hard to track down and watch beyond a handful of episodes that were released on VHS here. Uh, so... I don't actually remember the Turtles cartoons uh, too well. I have the box sets, the DVDs here. I just, I, I know some people love going back and revisiting 80s cartoons, and I have done that before, but generally speaking, I'll get a box set and be very happy to have it. I'll watch two episodes, and then I'm kind of done, and I'm moving on to something else. So uh, there's certain ones I remember okay, but uh, not really. So I don't remember if Krang actually did use this walking suit uh, in the series itself, but it was definitely a main feature of the figure back in the 80s. And I had this walking suit, Krang, and I loved him. So he has that weird sort of... Uh, it's got two legs, little spot for his arms to come out here in the front. Now, his arms are ball jointed, and you can actually remove them from the main Krang body, and then you plug them in uh, to the front of his walking chair, so it looks like they're coming out the holes there in the bottom, which is very nice. Now, his chair does have swivel at the hips, uh, a fairly large amount of range with swivels at the knees, 
and do we have swivels on the feet there? We do. We've got swivels on the feet, which I didn't notice, which is good because they weren't exactly aligned. So that makes the OCD uh, in me very happy that I can actually move that. So things you discover. And of course, uh, he's got articulation to open the cockpit up and place Krang in on the inside there. Now, speaking of sculpts, I do have one unfortunate factor, and that is with what I would argue to be the most popular figure in this set, the one that everyone was glowing about that I am yet to talk about, and that's Shredder. So Shredder does share, as far as I can tell, pretty much the bulk of the sculpt with the Foot Trooper. Now, obviously, he has some armor pieces on top, and the different chest torso, uh, and a sort of half skirt uh, rubber material that hangs down is different and obviously a different head sculpt but the arms and the limbs are exactly the same but unfortunately and i i hate this i tend to get this a lot when i have a problem with figures um i don't know why i am always the one to get it uh but on his right arm the higher up arm piece so just below the shoulder and where the double joint connects uh, uh, for that upper part of the arm. I have a left arm piece that's been put on backwards. Now I also have an Avengers 4 Thor figure that had this uh, and a couple of other uh, figures over the years I've gotten. It's always the right arm piece through here so he's got a little bit of backwards uh, muscle. Now I did run through my head is there a way of sort of uh, popping this off and reattaching and forming the joints again so that uh, I, I can uh, sort of fix it up. And no, because it's the other arm, it doesn't really work uh, that other way. It's just a bit of a shame. Now, it's not too noticeable, and generally what I've done is sort of draped his cape over it so it doesn't uh, bother me as much and it's not unless you're looking really close that you're going to pick up on it but it is a bit of a shame because he is a fantastic looking figure now to go into a bit more detail with the sculpts uh, of these guys uh, once again like the turtles they are very much a spot on 80s design so uh, we have the uncle phil shredder here and a lot of great work going on with his eyebrows and eyes. Uh, they definitely have that animated feel while a bit of character coming out. Uh, his helmet is not too showy. It does look like it's straight off the cartoons. Now, he does have some great spiked armor coming up here. Now, they are soft rubber, so you're not going to uh, hurt your fingers on them anywhere there. But they also do look nice and sharp, which is something that we rarely get with figures is that nice sharp look. So I do like when they are able to bend sort of those safety rules and use the softer plastic to get that bit of a look but a uh, really fantastic job with him now his cape is cloth uh, but they have sewn it up in the right way so it does sort of shit uh, oh, pardon uh, it does sort of sit there uh, on his shoulders uh, quite nicely as it would do in the show hanging a little bit over the front but mainly draping down over his back there uh, the foot soldiers have they're sort of weird head sculpt, which I always assumed is made to sort of look like the bottom of a foot. I've sort of got that bulbous head uh, that comes down 
to be a bit chunkier formed around uh, the jawline. And they do have a little bit of a hunchback neck there in the way that sticks out. Uh, then you've got sort of this almost kind of pauldron-like piece of material coming down from their cowl. Uh, and then you get into what sort of your base ninja buck body. They do have those armor pieces uh, as a gauntlet over their arms, which were very prominent on the 80s figure. You could sort of flick them around a bit. These ones are glued on, so you can't uh, do that at all. But uh, very nice, simple back there. Now, the Krang sculpt is fantastic. I talked about the articulation on his walker, but uh, it's much more grayer than the one on the original action figure was uh, but really fantastic piping some control panels at the back now uh, the actual sort of electric cords and pipe pieces are a soft rubber that's uh, plugged in so uh, does very much help with that 3d looking effect and there's even some pieces on the bottom that looks like he's got a little hatch piece and a little aircon unit in there so that's uh, very cool and fantastic uh, so these pieces do work really great the villains and the uh, turtles here together now the turtles come with a very similar accessories to what i talked about with that arcade set but you do get uh, sort of the open pizza box this time though it actually comes with a slice that you can plug in on Raphael's side, which is very cool and neat. Uh, you've also got one of my favorite pieces from that arcade set, which is the swinging nunchucks for Michelangelo. So you can unplug the chain piece and pin this on, and it looks like he's spiraling it around, which if you add the two together, even though they're slightly different coloring, you can make it look like he's actually spinning both nunchaku now. Uh, they come with their different range of hands now unfortunately there's not enough for a piece uh, each but you can sort of mix and match them between turtles the only specific one being once again that sort of raff fist so you can slide the side down in between but they do also have a few other extra pieces so they've got their little turtle walkie talkies now you get four of them two are in their closed up form and two are in their open communication form and you also get the turtle grappling hook so uh, that's that little turtle shell with the prongs coming out the side so you can open up those prongs or slide them back into their shell and it's got a bit of cord coming out from the bottom there so a very nice design on those now with the villains we get some weapons now i'm not too sure if these weapons appeared in that arcade pack to be honest with you uh it wouldn't surprise me if they did, but it also wouldn't surprise me uh, if they were just here in this set because they do seem to be very cartoon accurate. Uh, so we've got a gun that sort of looks like it's got a plunger at the end of it, uh, but it very much to me it looks like the old phaser rifle uh, from the original Star Trek series, which I believe was. I want to say it was the Gorn episode, but I know someone's probably going to correct me and say, uh, no, Eddie, you're thinking of the Gorn episode because it came with the Art Asylum figure 
but it was actually only used on a promotion trading card, something like that. So I'm going to go with that. It was more a promotion trading card because that's sitting there in my memory. Uh, but it might have been in one episode. Uh, I, <laughs> I could be completely uh, wrong there. Where, where's Where's John? John, John would know this. He's, he's probably shouting in his iPod right now. I'm sorry, John. Uh, but it is very similar to that original series phaser rifle with sort of a plunger uh, plugged through at the end. Now, the other large gun uh, that the foot come with is more of a machine gun, assault rifle-y uh, type piece, but obviously a little bit of a laser end scope uh, just at the end and he's got a purple finder glass uh, so it adds a bit more sci-fi element now they also come with a pistol laser gun and there is something about this pistol laser gun that is really springing to mind uh, in my memory I know this pistol laser gun definitely appeared in the show now I can't remember if it was one that Shredder sort of pulled out and just fired a couple of shots at the turtles if he needed a gun. Uh, but, or if it was like a shrink ray gun or it had an, a mutagen gun, uh, I'm not 100% sure. I, I feel like it might have actually had a plot element uh, at some point. Uh, and Shredder also comes with his trusty katana. Uh, Krang comes with what I'm assuming is a mutagen container. Uh, I could be wrong. It's just sort of a cylinder piece of tech uh, with some shape designs down one end. Uh, it kind of looks a little bit like a futuristic thermos. Uh, it doesn't look like the classic mutagen design tank you would see. So whether this was maybe another one they had later on in the series or uh, maybe it was something else that was a piece for the technodrome or rather but uh, he can sort of hold that in his hands when he's sitting there in his chair and he comes with a little tripod that you can also take him out of the chair and sit him on that sometimes he would use now there are swappable hands for the foot as well so you have some open palms you've got some fists uh, with Shredder, he doesn't have so much open palms as he does sort of those karate gripping hand stance ones. Uh, and of course they have hands used to hold onto weapons. Now there's one I'm forgetting. Ah, yes. Uh, one that I really loved and I kind of forgot about this until I got it. And the reason I saved it to last is that the foot also come with a communicator and it's that weird kidney-shaped uh, phone piece that they would use. Uh, and it was often just Krang appearing with a close-up of his face doing that, like, oh, Rokosaki, oh. Uh, <laughs> which they uh, capture perfectly. There's a little sticker of a close-up of Kang's face right there. Uh, now, a really great design. A lot of great colouring work and some shading thrown in there. More detail on this one little communicator than you get on most Playmates Ninja Turtle figures. Uh, now, unfortunately, they only come with one communicator, so you can't sort of pose them talking to each other from across the room or something like that, which is a bit of a shame. Turtles get all four and the foot only get their one, but a, uh, a very cool uh, piece there. So, some really great figures. Now, the paintwork is outstanding, and that's where they really get different. 
uh, from the turtles that we saw in the arcade set. So obviously the sculpts were made to be more of these designs as uh, NECA is wont to do with their video game figures. Uh, but generally with those we've seen the normal release first and then it's a later release we're seeing with the arcade. So this is a bit of reverse. And I really love the colour choices that they've made here. Shredder's fantastic, particularly sort of the light... Uh, and dark greys that they have on his armour and his chest is really reminiscent of the show. Uh, the foot soldiers seemed a little too shaded in for me to be perfect, but they are very nice. Uh, the turtles are fantastic. Uh, maybe a slightly bit of a darker green than I would have thought, but then when I sort of look at the TV show, it wasn't exactly a light green either, so... Uh, it, and obviously colours aren't always the easiest to predict and choose, so uh, <laughs> I'm going to say they probably got it as close as uh, you could get, well, easily uh, at that side. Uh, now, their colour bandanas are great. They sort of pop a little bit more being on that more olive uh, green. Uh, Michelangelo's does come off slightly a yellowy orange than an orange. Now, he does have some shading orange that to me is a lot more closer to his regular uh, orange. So it, it is a bit of a shame that it wasn't more that prominent at the back and maybe uh, shade the lighter from behind or go a slightly darker orange for the shading piece. But uh, not the not the, the worst, but he... He's a bit weird because that lighter piece does make him stand out. He does sort of draw your eye more than any of the other turtles. But at the same time, it's not... Uh, out of all the bandana colours, he's probably uh, the least spot on. The most accurate, though, luckily, is my boy. And that's Raphael. Uh, so his red is just perfect. And it does... It does make me like the green on him a bit better. I, I don't know, maybe the green with the other ones is in opposition to their bandana colours being a little bit lighter than they might normally be. Uh, but he just really works for me in his entirety. Um, but I am a bit biased there because out of all the turtles, Raphael is my boy. Uh, now, speaking of the paint with the turtles, I can't go past the major issue that happened with these guys. And that is... Uh, what has been nicknamed derpy eyes. So they do have eyes that can be cross-eyed depending on when you purchase this set. And unfortunately, it was a lot of the ones purchased at San Diego Comic-Con itself. Now, NECA do seem to be a really good organization uh, and really aim to please their fans. So they did send out a whole bunch of replacement heads. You did need to contact them, I believe. There was, unfortunately, a time limit on that if you are still looking to purchase a set. I don't think you'll be able to uh, still... Uh, sort of take part in that deal. Now, I could be wrong. I haven't looked into it. So if you are picking up a set uh, from this point forward, uh, do be careful of the iPaint apps. Make, see if you can get pictures beforehand. Uh, but if you do end up with derpy eyes, 
maybe try contacting NECA and you never know your luck. But uh, at least for those that did purchase them at the time of release, uh, they were able to get replacements. But it is a bit of a shame that they didn't have lined up eyes. But uh, mine seem to be fairly perfect. Now, the only two that aren't exact are Raphael and Don, but uh, their eyes sort of are leaning upwards into their brow, so it does give them a little bit more of an angry or sort of expression face. So it's not horrible. It's not like they're looking in different directions like I saw uh, some give. They're just not looking directly forward. They're sort of looking either up or uh, a little bit to the side. So it's definitely something uh, that I can live with. So uh, coming down to the Dolly ratings, look, despite the the little flaws that I did have a lot about this set shined, it's just probably the best turtle figures and the best foot figures we have gotten up until this point, particularly if you were a kid of the 80s. And when you think of the Ninja Turtles, these are the turtles that you think of. Now, even though I don't remember the cartoon that well from growing up, I did watch it a lot. And these are the turtles that I think of. The only way you could do better than this, at least for me, uh, is if we got designs based off the original Playmates toys, uh, which we have gotten through Mondo. Uh, but in terms of that sort of six inch scale, that's, that's the only way I could see myself loving a set of Turtles figures more than these ones here. Now, I'm not sure where I want to see them go in the future with this line. Uh, are we going to see more arcade ones, which it seems like we are going to see with the Rock Soldiers and that? Do I grab those or wait and see if they do more of these cartoon ones? I mean, a big hole we definitely have here is a Bebop and Rocksteady. I'd love to see uh, those guys, but I know we're getting a Slash. Uh, now, he's one I definitely love in a cartoon form, but do I really need him in the arcade form as well? I love my arcade turtles, but I didn't really feel the need to go out and get uh, the Foot Soldiers uh, for those ones. They sort of just stand on a shelf by themselves, so uh, I am uh, really interested to see what NECA does do, whether they do find a way of getting these out to the masses, particularly now that we've seen the new turtle designs and they're not exactly uh, classic designs without uh, <laughs> getting too controversial uh, with the statement there. Maybe they'll uh, be able to open up since maybe Playmates will be focusing more on the new designs than these classic designs. There might be a window there for NECA and these things become more available, which uh, I know that might make some collectors have paid big money for this set. Uh, a bit grumpy, but uh, for me, like if other people can get their hands on these, that's that's always a good thing. That helps keep collectors in the game and helps uh, expand a line. So I am all for that if more people get the chance to grab their hands on this set. So uh, I'm going to ignore the few little flaws that I have and just give this a 10 out of 10 Dolly ratings. If you have the means and availability to grab this set, uh, I do recommend grabbing it. Now, keep your eye out uh, for the eyes issue and potentially Shredder Arms. I'm the only one who I know uh, has had that issue, but uh, I can look past it just because the rest uh, of everything they've done here is fantastic and great. So, uh, now I have a big container of cordial here on the side. It is boiling hot here as I record this. I'm going to take a quick break grab a drink, and then I'm going to be back with our discussion topic of that 
toy box. If you like listening to podcasts, there's a good chance that you'd enjoy audiobooks as well. To make it easy for you, our sponsor Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial when you go to audibletrial.com forward slash afblues. A book I'd like to recommend is Wool by author Hugh Howey. It's the first book in a trilogy which unfolds the mysterious story of The Silo, a subterranean city extending 144 stories beneath the surface. It's a captivating book that I had to listen to almost in one sitting because I couldn't turn it off. To get your copy of Wool for free and start your 30-day free trial, or find another book to start your Audible journey, just go to audibletrial.com forward slash afblues. Well, welcome back, guys. Uh, I am feeling refreshed and ready to talk to you once again. Uh, now, you might be wondering what the discussion topic is. It is a little bit vague saying that toy box because you might not know which toy box I'm talking about. And in fairness, neither do I. Uh, the reason for that is uh, I've been doing some sorting of collection, been doing some dusting, uh, organizing uh, bits and bob of older pieces of collection. And I do have just boxes of random toys from different years. So what I've actually done, I've taken just one of about 10 boxes of just complete random crud. Uh, there's probably going to be a bit of a mix of 90s, early aughts, but really could be from sort of any period up until the last couple of years. And uh, I figure what I'm going to do is open this box up and let's just talk about what we find inside. So <laughs> we're going to be in for some interesting stuff. So what, what uh, lids off, let's have a look at what we got here. So... Uh, first thing we got is going to be great for an audio podcast. It's a Sully figure from Monsters, Inc. Now, if the battery hasn't died... Got a better audio action. He's actually a nice sculpt. He's uh, fairly accurate. Now, I love uh, Monsters, Inc. Probably my favourite Pixar after Incredibles, and I love... Sully, because I'm a big hairy guy myself, so uh, that makes sense. What else we got in here? Got an old, well, not old, old school, but a more vintage era Transformer, but he's from the G2 era. Now, I always forget this guy's name, because when I was a kid, I thought he was kind of Soundwave or Megatron, but uh, he was another guy. I believe his name's Dorker. He actually is from that Transformers miniseries that I talk about all the time, Last Stand of the Record. And it always sort of messes me up to think that he's got a different name to uh, me thinking he was an already established character. But he's sort of got this uh, sort of teal and pinky purple color tank, because that's what tanks and army guys were in the 90s. They were fluoro-colored Let's see what else we got. Okay, we've got another Pixar figure. Oh, and makes noise, which I didn't realize. And it's a Zerg from Toy Story 2. He's got a big sort of ball gun feature and apparently made noise, which I'm sure I knew when I brought him, but didn't realize uh, then. So this appears to be the noise box, because next thing I have... Uh, now, who made... 
these ones. New Lines Production China. Doesn't actually tell me uh, who made them. I want to say Trendmasters, but uh, <laughs> to solve the mystery, it is a battle damage version of the robot from the Lost in Space reboot. Uh, now, this is not a great movie. I loved it as a kid, though. I was uh, weirdly obsessed with the Lost in Space movie, and I got pretty much the whole first wave of figures, so I wouldn't be surprised if we cover a few more while I dig through this box. Uh, but I was only able to get one of the deluxe robots, and I went with the battle damage version, because the idea with this guy is he can actually take off his outer shell, and then he's the more classic robot on the inside, uh, with sort of the glass headwear, and you could take his arm and plug it into his back, and uh, sort of form the robot as he looked. Spoilers, in case any of you were dying to see the 1998 Lost in Space film, and haven't yet, uh, but you can make him look like how he looked at the end of the movie, as well as a bit of how he looked like at uh, the beginning half. So, uh, he's a very cool piece, uh, <laughs> but a really sort of well-designed toy. You get a lot of play value. Uh, out of him and sort of different designs for a movie that wasn't that great. They they did some cool toys. Uh, let's grab these guys all out at once. So the next lot of things I'm pulling out and have found here are some Toxic Avenger figures. So we have Toxie himself, Major Disaster, and we've got one of their troopers, which Pollution Troopers? I can't remember the name of. But they are Playmates, so they've got sort of that very... Ninja Turtle style uh, design. Now, I wonder if Mark Taylor worked on them because they do sort of have that battle stance of uh, the He Man or Ninja Turtles, or if that was just something they copied through off him. But uh, I did, I loved that show uh, as a kid. I, Major Disaster was actually the first one I got. I didn't get Toxie, and I love his design. He's sort of a metamorpho, he's got sort of a tree arm and then a rock arm and then sort of like a swamp thing legs. It's a re really cool uh, character design. Uh, let's dig through. Uh, what's this? So we've got here <laughs> the evil brother from Little Nicky, uh, and his dartboard that has a human face. Now these were done by McFarlane Toys. Uh, now I remember these <laughs> because I annoyed my dad and got him to drive. <laughs> kind of to the other side of the city looking for these on what would have been my 15th birthday. Uh, I was a big Adam Sandler fan at the time, and I thought Little Nicky was the greatest thing in the world, but I was 14 going on 15. I was perfect age range uh, for that movie, and the fact that it had figures coming out for me, at least to me, meant that it was a legitimate property, uh, so I had to go with these, and it looks like this has a sound feature as well, so I've picked a great box, I, this was not intentional uh, for the podcast, so this is at the base of the dartboard uh, that has a human face in it, let's see if this still works, and uh, no, there was a little bit and then it died, so <laughs> that one's not as great through there and we got this the troll from the first harry potter film troll in the dungeon uh we got mikey from from monsters inc as well let's see if his sound still works on him so he's the uh billy crystal guy with the eyeball yeah yeah blame it on the little guy oh, wow that one 
the sound still works great in those ones. Uh, now I've got little Nicky in his big jacket in sleeping mode. Let's see if I've got his base. Uh, oh, here's some more Lost in Space figures. So this is John Robinson, the main dad. It's the dad in his spacesuit. And there's also one of these uh, spider creatures, which were a large part of the plot. Now here's some interesting figures. Let me grab uh, as many as I can see straight off the bat. Is that about it? That's all I can see for the moment. Uh, now these are Zorro figures. Uh, so these figures were released around the exact same time as the Antonio Banderas movie. Uh, so I believe 97 going on 98 might have been... It might have been early 98 here, uh, but probably 97 in the States because we were still getting uh, films a little bit later than the States here. Then they were by Playmates Toys. So at the moment I've got Zorro, I've got the Don Diago, and I've got the evil bad guy named Raphael, maybe can't quite remember. Uh, so they weren't based on the movie. They These were kind of based more on... I want to say some Zorro mythos, but they could have just been making them up for the toy line. But uh, he's sort of the villain's kind of more your classic uh, Spanish general, political leader of the time. He's got sort of all these medals and a blue uniform through there. Uh, now they have these sort of fencing features at the back where they have a little swirl mechanic in their arms would do the z-shape even the villains that had this uh now don diego's kind of cool he's sort of shirtless and he's got all these cuts on his body from his life of fighting crime on the uh mean streets of early california and then the zorro's got his sort of fencing arm up at the back he's got the z fashion as well but he's uh, looking quite uh, dapper here in his cape and his cap. Now his sword's a little bit bent, unfortunately. Uh, it's got a nice little Z symbol on the front of the rapier there. He's got some stirrups in. Uh, but these are really nice toys. I do like the sculpt on these. And I was a big Zorro fan. I loved that. Re oh, something just spoke to me. I think that might have been that dartboard. I think it's really... That. Yep. So that was the thing I pushed earlier. Finally, <laughs> he came through and broke it up. Okay, let's see what else we have here in the box. And we got some Marvel figures, and there's going to be a bunch of these. So let's see if I can get as many at a one time. Boom, boom. Oh, we got some good ones to discuss. Uh, so what do we have here? First, off the bat... We have a Water Strike Wolverine, which I actually love. I actually think this is the best of the pre-6-inch uh, Toy Biz Wolverine figures. He's just sort of nice and squat. Sort of looks like he stepped out of the uh, Street Fighter vs. X-Men Capcom game. He's got a bit of a snarl on his face. Uh, very muscular, but without being sort of overshadowing to other figures he's got nice solid claws so they didn't really bend or get out of shape uh, which was nice now we have version 2 of apocalypse that uh, has the swappable arms nice big and chunky i always liked apocalypse as a villain as a kid 
uh, even though as an adult, I realize story-wise, apart from Age of Apocalypse and a few other uh, examples, he's not exactly the best <laughs> character in terms of depth or story, but as a design and as a kid, I loved him. Uh, now we got what sort of was a Rock'em Sock'em robot figure, so it was a figure you'd plug his feet in and he'd be able to punch a bit and has a chest button that if you hit sort of collapses in uh, and that's a Hulk figure but I really liked this Hulk figure as a kid because he was huge and chunky I think it was based off sculpts from the animated Hulk uh, TV show but he's uh, nice and big there so I, I do do really like him I think he came with a Wolverine figure that I've not seen in years so I'm going to assume that Wolverine figure is lost now i've got a very detailed rhino figure uh he came towards the later end of the pre toy biz spider-man uh line i believe it was sort of a trap themed wave uh but he's very nice he's got a ton of gray washes and browns over him he's got some warts on the uniform he's actually got some decent articulation so he's got knee bends as well as a ball-jointed shoulders, which is very nice. It was actually really good towards the end. Uh, very forgotten about toy line is that Spider-Man uh, N-Wave. I know a couple of the X-Men in that uh, get more acknowledged, uh, but there were some good Spider-Man ones there towards the end as well. Uh, now I've got a Fantastic Four Thing figure. Now this is based off the animated Fantastic Four show. Uh, now this thing was the one that came with sort of a trench coat hat and glasses uh, but he's actually a great thing figure underneath that which is the real reason why I got him he had no action features or that like the previous one so uh, his articulation isn't limited at all and he is a bit bigger than most so I, I loved this uh, thing figure as a kid I actually love that Fantastic Four cartoon even though I have once again gone back and tried to watch it and it is pretty pretty bad it's pretty bad. It, it, it kind of broke my heart how almost unwatchable it was because as a kid, uh, I did love it. Uh, but yeah, this thing figure definitely got a lot of action in my Marvel <laughs> stories, which uh, was great too because he was one of the first figures from memory I got that wasn't an X-Men or Spider-Man Marvel figure, uh, which I was very excited for. I was even a nerd for that sort of stuff. Uh, then, uh, now, second last from the group that are in my hand at the moment, I have an Iceman figure, and he's the colour change one that you would put in a fridge and would change colour. Now, I believe this guy is actually really rare back in the day. Uh, apparently, he used to go for some big bucks, uh, but I actually got him dirt cheap at a clearance sale in a weird town near the town that I grew up in, uh, when... I was with a group of other kids and all our parents were teachers and uh, they were setting up some computers for their classroom so they had some sort of weird computer course day uh, going and we all sort of got dropped off to just wander around the town while our parents did that uh, one weekend. So we spent a bit of time in the toy store and I saw this and wanted it and managed to get a couple of bucks off my mum and that's what I purchased with it uh, and then I spent my days playing with him more as an invisible man figure who was like a weird stalker of the invisible woman with uh, my Fantastic Four figures coming back to the thing that I used to play with uh, all the time and the last figure which I have saved to talk about for last because he is 
a great figure from a very similar time as that Rhino that I was just talking about, and it is Ultron. So this is from, and also coming back to really bad Marvel cartoons, uh, the Avengers United We Stand cartoon. Uh, terrible, terrible cartoon. Uh, even as a kid, I knew it was terrible while watching it. However, very underrated toy line. So this is in that era where you were going from that 5-inch Toy Biz line to the 6-inch design. So a lot of his colouring and sculpting is very reminiscent to Toy Biz Marvel Legends. So the wires underneath his main armour have this sort of copper colour wash to them. There is incredible amount of detail uh, in his arms... Uh, that got the, the really reminiscent of that sort of great era of Toy Biz Marvel Legends. You see a lot of the Sentinel Builder figure design in this Ultron figure, and he's got that classic Ultron face, and he's just below six inches, so you could feasibly put him in your Marvel Legends display, and people really aren't going to notice. Uh, too much. He's a fantastic figure and well worth a search down if you want to sort of build an Ultron army there. Actually, I might put him aside and actually put him in uh, my Marvel Legends display because I do do really love that figure. It's a really underappreciated line. Some of the designs aren't great, so uh, where they went really left to center, it obviously is going to have some issues, but other ones they got really right. Okay, let's dig through here uh, a bit quickly. So I've got some DC figures. Uh, so I've got uh, John Henry Iron Steel from that uh, 96 Man of Steel line. Uh, I actually really love that line. Similar to why I liked the thing was it was just something different uh, from Batman figures. Uh, so getting a line of Superman figures was great. And having Steel uh, sort of expand the universe was cool. He comes with sort of his hangus hammer swing motion uh, so very nice and even back then as a kid I, I, I didn't know what you would call it all uh, how you'd kind of discuss it um, I wasn't that big on social issues but just having more diversity on my toy shelf I, I, I liked it um, now the other DC figure I have here is Blight now for those of you who don't know Blight he is the main arch enemy of Terry McGuinness the Batman from beyond. Uh, so he's sort of a see-through guy with a skeleton underneath. He has a lot of uh, glow-in-the-dark features. Now, he didn't get a lot of play because I was about 14 when I brought this guy, but I remember being super excited when I found him because he was kind of that figure I wanted but I didn't know was coming. I remember seeing the Batman Beyond toy line and sort of wishing we had this character and then very soon after I went into a big W and found him on the shelves and I would just sort of brand new stock and put out and uh, then I never saw him again on shelves so I'm glad I brought him that time that I did uh, okay let's grab looks like some wrestling figures here let's pull them out and have a look anymore so what do we got here so we have Goldberg, I think is his name. Uh, so WCW was kind of more my jam uh, when the wrestling craze was going on there in around 99. 
Uh, <laughs> lots of people are in the WWF. Uh, I was more of a poser wrestling fan, if I'm going to be honest. I'm sorry, Luke. Uh, AFB. Uh, Instagrammer, I know, loves your wrestling, uh, and I know a lot of you guys out there love your wrestling figures and that too, and there's some great work, but i never been the hugest wrestling fans, but I do remember watching it in that sort of late 80s, 90s era, so, uh, when a lot of those guys had kind of retired to the WCW when people were talking about wrestling and that, I was always more like, oh, I'm more WCW because of, uh... Uh, Hulk Hogan and Macho Man Randy Savage and Sting, like they were my ones, and Goldberg was the big guy of that, so I've got a Goldberg figure. In fact, a lot of this WCW line from around 99, I think I had the entire first wave of here, so I've also got Diamond Dallas Diamond Cutter Page, uh, I mainly remember from that film, Royal Rumble, Diamond, Diamond Cutter Upside Down's a pussy. Uh, he's actually got some really nice tattoo work on his upper arms, but uh, now unfortunately these guys are very action feature focused, which is something that always annoys me in figures that you block articulation to have action features, which is weird because I'm a He-Man fan and they did it. Uh, and the last one here isn't actually a wrestling figure, but it is a Jack specific. Was that the guys who made? I'm looking at the foot, looking at the foot. Yes, Jack Pacific. And it's a Rocky Balboa figure, but it's not Rocky, it's not Drago, it's not Mr. T, it's not Apollo Creed, it's not even Tommy Gunn. It's uh, Spider, who, if you don't know, uh, is the guy that Rocky is fighting in the very opening minutes of the first Rocky film. Uh, the one in the church there. Uh, I was thinking of getting in this line, and I, I got two, which is this guy and Mickey, and then I thought I had regular ones coming, but that pre-order ended up falling through, and I never picked them up, so I have a very weird uh, specific uh, Rocky collection in through there. Okay, I'm seeing a few more Marvel characters, so let's get a whole bunch of these out at once to run through and talk about... Grab one, I keep seeing more, I keep seeing more as I grab more. Okay, that's about all I can hold. Oh, another spider from Lost in Space, let's put him aside. Okay, who do we have here? Okay, first one off the bat is a bit of an embarrassing one. It is the 90s Juggernaut figure where he's got kind of the rollerblade feats and it's from the very early days of Toy Biz X-Men figures, so... What's embarrassing about this juggernaut? Well, when I was a real little kid, and I was a big fan of these early 90s X-Men figures, uh, I was having a bath and <laughs> talking uh, to my mum, who was telling me to get out of the bath at the time, and I <laughs> made the statement to her through the bathroom door because I was thinking about X-Men and I liked the Juggernaut as a villain but I'd never seen his figure anywhere and I asked her if we ever see the Juggernaut figure anywhere can we just buy it? I'm basically staking my claim in case I ever found it and mum was like no you already had a toy or that I wanted to stake my claim early uh, that I wanted to get this figure and uh, I don't know if we're in a rush to get somewhere or something was going on, uh, but she just said yes and sort of 
I assume thought that I would just forget about it and she was just pleasing me uh, <laughs> to get me into bed at bedtime. Uh, now, what would have actually been a couple of years later, I found this figure at a market. Because it was the 90s, so you'd still have sort of figure and comic book guys setting up stands at markets. And they had this guy for $15, which doesn't sound that much, but it was still a little bit for an old figure in the 90s. And I was like, oh, hey, mum, they got the Juggernaut figure. Let's 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 do this. Like you said, I'd, I'd get it, and here it is, so we're, we're going to get this. And she was like, no. And I was kind of like, wait, what? And she was like, no, you, you're not getting that. You, you don't need another toy. And I was devastated. And I I was a bit older by this time. Probably would have been would have been about 11 years old. So I was still a young and but old enough to know better. I threw a fit like a two-year-old. I'm talking tears screaming i went on a hunger strike that day and refused to eat when we went to sort of the food section of the market uh i was drilling this in i was not gonna let her forget which was probably a conversation she had long forgotten about now what makes it even more embarrassing is that we were there with her friends so they were seeing this grown-ass well, not a grown-ass child, but, you know, an, an older-end child uh, really <laughs> act like a toddler. I I am very embarrassed to say uh, how I performed that day, but I'm holding that figure right now. It is here, and it is in my hands, so she obviously caved, and I got uh, that figure. Uh, now that's one of two embarrassing stories of how I got a figure in a very similar way. Uh, so we, uh, I'll see if it's in here in the bottom. If not that, the, the other one might remain a story to another day. Uh, next one I've got is from a very similar era. It's that, uh, Gambit figure from the exact same early nineties X-Men line. He's got sort of the really crappy plastic vinyl cape and a kicking feature that never really locks in properly you stare at him the wrong way and that's going to uh jump out but there was one night uh we were shopping and managed to find a lot of these early 90s x-men figures uh on clearance so i got like gambit storm and a couple of others uh magneto was definitely in there um all at once which was one of the first times i got a whole bunch of figures in one shopping trip so always sticks out in my mind now Next figure from that uh, Avengers United, we have the Falcon design. Not the best, not the worst. Uh, little big, bit big on the shoulder pauldrons. Uh, actually came with an interesting Redwing figure. All these figures had a gimmick with magnets that you could activate things. So uh, Redwing would open his wing and fire some missiles. But uh, not not the worst Falcon figure. Um, okay, head sculpt, but. Uh, Towards the middle end of that uh, set of toys. Uh, now I have a Reed Richards who has very yellow arms. He's from the cartoon. Uh, oh, and I shouldn't pull on these because I'm just starting to see how well around those arms are tearing. So he had a stretchy arm feature that's really not holding up too well 
at all and these arms are probably going to break off at any point so I kind of don't want to touch those anyway I'm going to put him with the thing there but once again big fantastic four fans so uh, happy to have them I have a forge figure from that early 90s line now this was I think the third X-Men figure I got so I knew nothing about forge uh, when I got this figure he just had this sort of shooty gun uh, um fashion but he was like a dollar or so on clearance somewhere so i was happy to take him now i believe he had a his gun is it's it's that weird like he's got a gun in here and it annoyed me because it's glued in but it really never needed to be it's there for his action feature but it looks like it's even a separate piece glued in so it always annoyed me as a kid but always had a little bit of a soft spot for forge since he was an early x-men figure that I got. Uh, now I have a Sabretooth. Now this is from the X-Men Classics line. So it's using the early Toy Biz stuff. But was released later on. So uh, I believe from memory. This was sort of like a Ninja Wolverine figure. Uh, that's been repainted with blonde hair. To be uh, Sabretooth. So it's a weird mix. It actually is an okay Sabretooth body. It is overly large. Uh, kind of more based on Joe Madeira art for Wolverine, but yeah, his, his head sculpt is just that Wolverine hairstyle uh, that sort of peeks out and definitely Wolverine sideburns, so it's not exactly, it might have even been the Savage Wolverine uh, body with a different head sculpt, I, I could be wrong, maybe they reused that for the Ninja one and crossed through, but uh, okay as a Sabretooth figure, but not, not the greatest uh, piece in there. I think I just got him for the sake of getting him. Uh, who else do we have? Now, I've got a Carnage figure here. Uh, now, he's from the Toy Biz sort of water splashes one, which were kind of Spider-Man figures that were more bath toys at the same time. Now, he actually uses a sort of crazy Iceman body from when Iceman could go full-on ice monster and they've just sort of sculpted a new Carnage head and put that on. So it's sort of this crystal red creature version of Carnage, which isn't the worst. Like, I actually don't don't mind it. Um, it, it, it definitely is something creepy about him. It's like if the Carnage went on the thing. But uh, a weird, weird design, but uh, cool in his own way. Uh, who else we got here? So we've got Wolverine in his space outfit. Now, this is one of two of this figure that I have, I believe. Now, if I'm thinking correctly, the one that I'm currently holding is from, once again, that X-Men Classics line where they were basically reissuing those early 90s figures because the paintwork on him is really good. Uh, so it does sort of seem like it came from that same era as the Ultron, just using an old figure. And it's Wolverine in the space suit that they sort of used around the time of the Dark Phoenix saga in uh, the X-Men cartoon show. But uh, obviously a lot of his costume is still exposed, which probably doesn't work that well as a space suit. Uh, he did have sort of that interesting... Uh, solid arms with claws that could uh, poke out and come through, which was very uh, kind of good at the time because you could actually lock them in so you could have him without the claws open and then out. And he used the head sculpt of that uh, sort of 
initial tiger striped wolverine figure which was kind of cool because i didn't own that figure and it's still one of my figure buying regrets but my best friend at the time justin had it so i had a i had to buy the different ones because that's the way we did things now i have a very early and this might be the very first taskmaster figure so this came from a line called marvel gold uh, now the thing about this was uh, all of them I saw were wrong. They didn't have the cape included in uh, the packet. So he comes capeless, which is very weird for the Taskmaster. Uh, now the reason why I got him was because at this time I thought the Taskmaster was purely a Deadpool villain villain having appeared in the second issue of Deadpool uh, but he had different colors in that issue to sort of the black and gold that he wears here which is his more traditional colors but I was annoyed that it was a bit discolored uh, around and it wasn't till a, a little bit after that I learned that I was the one in the wrong <laughs> there, uh, thinking it was a weird figure. And last out of the ones in my hand here at the moment, very similar. In fact, I believe I brought him on the same holiday uh, as that thing figure, but I have the Hydro Armor Iron Man, uh, which actually looks a lot like the classic Iron Man. He just had uh, sort of hose pieces you could connect onto his body and make him spray water, but he is the yellow and red look and it is that 90s design where he doesn't have the mouth on his helmet but still sort of has the yellow undersuit on top of red armor pieces and like the thing figure i love this guy because he expanded out my marvel universe in terms of action figures so he got a, a lot of use uh there on uh, my backroom floor in my Marvel Adventures as well. So let's grab a few more out. Okay, I'm still seeing some more Marvel figures here. So let's try and grab as many of them as we can in one run to flow the conversation. I think that's, that can be about it. There's any more it's going to be... Oh, actually, there's a weird one. I'm going to put that because argument can be made. Uh, so who do we have here? So we have Gorgon uh, of the Inhumans. Uh, Fantastic Four figure. He was on clearance. I was a big... I, was a, I don't want to say clever. That sound makes me sound braggadocious. But um, uh, I was a big fan of finding the figures that were on special because it was easier... Uh, to convince my parents to buy them for me. So he was a guy on clearance for a couple of bucks uh, in the checkout bin. So I grabbed him, Marvel character, and I did like the Fantastic Four uh, at the time. But for years was the only Inhuman figure that I had. Uh, so I always have a, spot, spot, a soft spot for Gorgon for that. Uh, I've got another Carnage figure here as well. Now I actually have a lot of Carnage figures, even though I'm not a big Symbiote fan, but <laughs> similar to me finding cheap figures, uh, other pieces of psychology I would use to get uh, <laughs> my mum to buy me toys is she is a huge fan of... Uh, the Essendon Football Club here in Australia and for those that don't know their colours are red and black so if I was trying to pick up a figure that was red and black I would have more luck 
than I would <laughs> in um, any other sort of styling. So I got a lot of carnage figures uh, by pointing out to my mother that he was Essendon colours. Uh, now, this one is the second carnage figure from, uh, I want to say the animated toy line, but to be honest, it could be the second carnage figure uh, out of all. And that's the one that has sort of the rubber mask that you could take off and see the Cletus Cassidy head. Uh, underneath which I thought was very cool and they had a Venom one which was sort of the same but I remember being disappointed they didn't have a Spider-Man one uh, at least if they ever did it I don't uh, remember seeing it or coming across it now I have an X-Men Classics uh, Cyclops which is reminiscent of the uh, Jim Lee design he's sort of in his blues and yellows with the hair coming out the top but it's not that design. He doesn't really have the straps over the body, even though he's got the symbol on his chest there. Now, I believe this was based off a very weird Age of Ultron uh, wave buck. So it's where you had a Mega Blue and the Jean Grey and that. And it sort of... It was a weird Cyclops figure in there, and it wasn't really Age of Ultron design specific, but it was all the other figures were Age of Ultron, so I kind of call it that, but don't think of Age of Ultron. Scott when thinking of that guy. Now, speaking of Cyclops, I also have from the very early Toy Biz uh, Marvel lines uh, the X-Factor Cyclops, and I love this figure because he is my very first X-Men uh, figure, and I could an argument could be made he was my very first Marvel figure as I think about it he might have been beaten by a toy biz spider-man where that had string that came out of his chest symbol uh, which is unfortunately long gone I, I gave it to a friend once I upgraded my spider-man figure sadly uh, which was something I was want to do and I really regret doing it now I got a new Batman figure um, and gave my old Batman figure from Batman Returns away in favor of Batman Forever figures uh, to my neighbour. I, I was I was a guy like figures, but I was also generous <laughs> once I had upgraded them, which is a habit I've gotten out of doing now. Uh, but this Cyclops figure uh, was my definitely my first X-Men figure, possibly my first Marvel figure, so I'll always have a soft spot for Cyclops. Weirdly, I never got the X-Factor version, so this is the blue and white uh, x but I never got this version for the Marvel Legends. I just stuck with the regular version. There was something about it that didn't, <laughs> didn't appeal to me the same as this figure. And his light effect still works, which is fantastic. And he came with this weird... Reminded me of those things you use, divers use with propellers to sort of pull them in deeper when they're swimming. But uh, he's got a bit of wear and tear on him, but I do still love him there. And the last figure that I said was a weird Marvel choice, and this is going to be an obscure reference, is a J figure from Men in Black, and he's got sort of a green glow uh, going on behind him. They had some weird design choices with those Men in Black figures to interact with dioramas, which uh, weren't necessarily great. Weird articulation and posing. Okay, let's just grab some random stuff here for this next bout. Look at that. Ooh, I, can do, I can do this one. That's another random. Okay, so for my next bout, what am I holding here in my hands? I am holding technically two figures combined into one, which is a 
Defenders of the Earth Phantom, uh, but he's got <laughs> Flash Gordon legs. So these figures had sort of rubbery lower legs, and my uh, Phantom figures' legs uh, broke and uh, went to God, so I replaced them with the red Flash Gordon ones, which because I preferred the Phantom a lot more. Uh, Phantom's very iconic to comic readers here in Australia. Uh, his comic ran for years and years and was available in every newsagent you could find. So we were huge Phantom fans here. It wasn't till much later on in life that I found out he is nowhere near as popular as he is uh, in the rest of the world. Uh, so uh, it, it, it always sort of disappointed me that there weren't more Phantom figures, but uh, I, that, that's why now other people just don't like him as much as Australians. Uh, it is very much annoying now uh, when you're talking to non-comic readers about comics in Australia, and they'll always tell you about, oh, I've got this Phantom comic, uh, it's an older one, and you say, it's not worth anything, it's not worth anything most of them just reprinted same stories from years and years ago people will think they'll have an early issue and you'll point out to them it's actually from like 1992 and it just is old because you didn't treat it well but it's not an actual old comic they're all in black and white you haven't discovered some missing gem uh now i also have another uh, Toxic Avenger figure, so this was Nozone, the big snotty guy now. He's missing his wheeled leg and his goggles that plug in on the top and his backpack, but uh, still still did love that line, says. Uh, some more of them. We have a Hugh Jackman Van Helsing figure. I think this was from Jack's Pacific as well, but uh, uh, I had high hopes for this movie. It's not a great movie, but it is still a guilty pleasure of mine, so I did have to pick the figure of that. Uh, now, I found the little Nicky figure that has an interesting action figure where he's got a drawstring that you'd pull and he punches himself in the nuts, like he did in <laughs> the film. Uh, yeah, they're interesting. Some actually all right sculpts and some really great tampos on him. He has sort of all these different... Uh, sort of heavy metal badges all over this long cloak and they did a good good job applying that considering that soft plastic through there now I have a tiny halo figure that comes from joyride studios now this was one of the ones that would go with their vehicle series so this was a warthog uh, i had and lastly i have a, another generation 2 transformer and it is my favorite decepticon swindle um, any sort of red and purple <laughs> camouflage discolors. Once again, army vehicles in the 90s. Uh, but I always love Swindle uh, as a character. He's a uh, great combaticon, but uh, just a great character in his own right. He turns into a little jeep there. Uh, let's see. Let's get some of these out. So i got some Mighty Max uh, cases here. Now, unfortunately, I have lost most of the minifigures. Uh, I believe I had them in a container, and that container's gone away, so I've got a zombie hand one that was sort of a graveyard theme, and there is still the big tree monster that kind of looks like Groot uh, in here, uh, but the Max, uh, oh no, the zombie's still in here as well, so I'm just really missing the Max piece, which is kind of sad, because he's the main character. And then the other one I have was my absolute favourite one, and it's the Dr. Frankenstein lab that's inside the skull. Uh, now this I am definitely missing all the pieces for, but I 
really love this one because I thought this was the main one because it was from the TV commercial where they sort of run through with a kid playing with it and they leave it on a bit of a cliffhanger and it's up to you to decide what happens next and I was very much obsessed <laughs> with it but uh, really great pieces Mighty Max I'm surprised it hasn't been some sort of reboot or come back to these because some amazing sculpt work going on and all the little features hidden within the play diorama pieces and rounds so I had a lot of great fun playing with those as a kid I had a whole bunch of them but yeah once I lost all the little pieces it's all gone now I've just got some random pieces of junk there's a bison power move piece got some terminator display stands there's a uh, batman animated batman figure we got the jim carrey joker figure from the batman forever uh toy line where he's got tv strapped to his chest so not really movie accurate got a leonardo in a samurai's disguise from the old 80s toy line as well as a shredder who's long since been missing his cape uh, here's some Star Trek Diamond Select display pieces. Uh, getting down to the nitty and gritty at the bottom of the box here. So I got a uh, Buzz Lightyear who's got a laser uh, arm design. Uh, so a few Pixar things in this box. Oh, here's another of the Toxic Avengers. So this is the main bag. I forget his name. Uh, but he's got sort of the puffy pollution backpack and forearms. Uh, really great sculpt work on these. That's, that's the line that could really be great if they did sort of a classic one. But I guess there's trauma licensing and all that. It's not just a main toy line. Uh, i got a Boba Fett figure. I don't know which one he comes from. Uh, I think I got this guy from an op shot because he's in not the best condition. He's missing his antenna. And I don't remember ever buying him, but he's got to... You sort of push the missile on his back and his arms... Uh, come up to fire. We've got the motorbike from the Jokers from Batman Beyond. We've got a J. Jonah Jameson action figure. So there's a weird one for you. But I did did love this figure as a kid. Uh, once again, this is just expanding out the world. He came with a rolled up piece of newspaper and a desk that would turn into a spider slayer. Um, just really loved when we got these supporting characters uh, in any form that were just still a huge fan of storytelling even as a kid so any way that you could get a uh, character to sort of add to your story someone for the villain to kidnap or the hero to have issues with and come through and across uh, we have some more Lost in Space figures so I got Major Don Johnson, uh, a.k.a. Matt LeBlanc, and Will Robinson. Now, the Matt LeBlanc figure looks nothing like uh, Matt LeBlanc, but I remember being angry with him on a talk show uh, when they showed him this figure and he joked about how bad it was just because it was a man insulting action figures and that's that's not cool, dude. Uh, now, we got a foot gunner, I want to say. Now, he's a Ninja Turtles foot figure, but he's not from the classic 80s cartoon this is from the 2002 era now i believe this guy wasn't in the cartoon as much as he was in a video game but he comes with sort of this kind of chain gun looking weird piece uh of material uh, what else do we have here last last three figures we have 
a sort of clear blue Terry McGinnis Batman Beyond figure. I got him the same time I got the Blight. Uh, now we got another Zorro Playmates figure. Now this was the Master of Blades one. So it's sort of covered in knives uh, hidden all over his body. And this guy was a very action feature heavy one. But I actually really liked it because it was one of the few cases of a weird action feature that really did work. And what it was is he had a, a kind of holster in his back. And uh, he has a little button that you push in and it brings his arm back over his shoulder and then a spring once you release it will bring it back forward quickly and what he would do is if you clicked it quick enough he'd he's basically reaching back and he would uh, hand would cover back over the knife and then as it pulled forward uh, it he would throw the knife so it was basically throwing daggers from his back and it actually worked really well so um, one of the rare cases where while a action feature does sort of limit a character uh, it really did work so I, I didn't mind it as much and the last figure I have here I actually mentioned him a little bit earlier which is the Batman Forever Batman figure that I purchased and then got rid of my uh, Batman Returns Batman to a neighbor now here's an all right design uh, I actually got him at the same time with the Jim Carrey Riddler figure uh, the day that I saw Batman Forever and that actually sticks out in my mind quite prominently because that was the first movie that I was able to go to the opening session of which uh, was something I wanted to do for years even back as a kid I was a big movie fan and if you've listened to this podcast for long enough you know that I do like to uh, attend movies very early on so that no one uh, can spoil them uh, very very much I get excited and just want to see things right away and yeah this was the first film I was able to attend opening day uh, my parents were going away so I was going to stay with my grandmother uh, so uh, dad pulled me out of school early he was meant to do it later on in the day uh, but he kind of didn't tell mum we just sort of called in sick for the whole day and he took me to uh, shopping center we watched the movie and then I got to go to toy world and pick out uh, some toys from the movie which now this could just be my memory fuzzing things and messing with me but I believe I hadn't seen before I believe we just were in the shopping center I walked in and there were the Batman Forever toys for the very first time uh, at least that I'd seen them there and was able to grab these two uh, because I, I did really love that movie uh, as a kid. Uh, it was until Batman Return, uh, Batman and Robin, sorry, uh, that I had my first experience of being disappointed uh, in a movie. But that brings me to the end of the box. There's a couple of random pieces, some of those weird holographic things you got with Star Wars figures. Um, what else is coming in here? Some green arrow, arrow, some weird little Star Trek pieces. Um, but yeah, it's, it's mainly, I'm just going to be pondering them for ages if I dig through looking at them. But there it is. That is the end of that toy box. I've had a lot of fun digging through and going down memory lane uh, here. I hope it wasn't too boring uh, if you're through there listening at home. But that is going to let me wrap things up here uh, on the episode. So thank you for joining me here. 
always appreciated. Hopefully when we come back next time, uh, everyone's going to be over their flu, cold, sickness or family fun and uh, we'll be able to dive deep and have a nice juicy discussion and I'm not going to be crazy and speaking to myself for the whole time. So uh, thank you as always guys. If you have any feedback, don't forget that uh, you can always uh, contact us at podcast at actionfigureblues.com. We also have our Facebook page. We have our Instagram page uh, that there's wonderful work done there by our boy Luke who loves his wrestling figures. So sorry again for the wrestling figure (laughs) slam uh, there earlier, Luke. Um, And you can also uh, find me on social media as well. So uh, if you've ever heard the joke about uh, 3429, that's because it's a name I often use is Eddie, E-double-D-I-E, 3429 on Instagram, uh, Twitter, uh, I've been a lot more frequent on uh, there, and uh, also that new one, uh, V-E-V-O, Vivo, I don't, I never even said it out loud, but uh, just jumped on that one through there today, so uh, <laughs> if... Uh, you are looking to grab us, and particularly this one being a personal show, uh, definitely feel free to hit me up on Instagram or Twitter. It's through these one-on-one ones that have actually uh, began a lot of great action figure talk uh, with people there. So uh, anytime anyone wants to speak action figures on social media, uh, we are there. There are ways to grab us and chat with us. So uh, with that, I'm going to end it there, guys. So have fun and good journey. The Action Figure Blues podcast can be found on iTunes and Stitcher Radio and can be downloaded direct from actionfigureblues.com. Wherever you listen, please take a moment to leave a positive rating and review to help others find our show. Our theme music is by Robert Crandall. Our ad music is by Scott Holmes. The AFB logo is created by Nath Stones. We also have an active fan forum at afbforum.com where you can join with all the hosts of the podcast and many other collectors to discuss news, reviews, old lines, and trade and sell in a safe community. Please join us there. While you're at actionfigureblues.com, please check out our sponsors like Mark's Comics and Stuff, Loot Crate, Audible, and Gamefly. You can find us on Twitter at AFBlues, on Instagram at actionfigureblues, and on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash actionfigureblues. Thanks for listening.